This is the Influencer Girl Lifestyle Podcast, Episode 3. Hi, I'm Monica Woodhams, and this is the Influencer Girl Lifestyle Podcast. I'm an influencer consultant and success coach, and I'm interviewing entrepreneurs, influencers, and industry experts who are making an impact and influencing the world so that we can start to live a life that we are so totally obsessed with. Hey y'all, welcome back. So excited that you are back for the podcast and that you've been enjoying the others. So in today's episode, I'm talking with my friend Jenna Murillo of Jalen Designery. She is seriously the workspace queen. She designs planners and like paper planners where you can keep track of everything you got to do. But she's also just an expert when it comes to creating a perfectly beautiful and functional workspace because let's be real. Um, we can get really distracted with all the pretty things that aren't functional and then become a distraction. So when it can be pretty and functional, it's a win-win there for sure. So we're going to dive back into the top three of the week before I go any further. So I just had my 28th birthday on Friday at the time of recording this. So bear with me with the time difference or day difference. You you know what I mean. <laughs> so anyway, so Sam surprised me with sushi for lunch. And then I had a bunch of errands to do that day, including going to the DMV. So yay for going to the DMV on your birthday. But um, afterwards, we had an amazing dinner at Corvino Tasting Room in Kansas City. So Corvino, there's the actual restaurant part. And then they have a tasting room where it's kind of it's chef's table. So they have like a 10 course menu for you and have the wine pairing that goes with it. And it was just so insanely good. It is so worth it because of the experience. And I was sitting there like eating my food. Like we had crazy things like um, shaved foie gras with beets and um, an oyster with custard. Um, Just the most amazing foods. But I was sitting there thinking like, I do not understand for the life of me how there are people who just don't enjoy food. Like it is such a sensory experience for me. I was seriously just like each time I took a bite, like blown away, like how you could put these ingredients together and it would just be the most amazing thing. So my favorite dish was this Thai inspired soup broth, bone broth with some really thinly sliced pieces of fish. And it was just, oh my gosh, like I was just like, I don't get how people don't like obsess over food like I do. So luckily Sam obsesses over food just like I do. So really lucky in that sense. And then we went to a speakeasy inside the Rieger. So it's called Manifesto. And that was a really cool experience as well. Really yummy cocktails. Strong. I only had one. Um, But it was just an amazing low-key birthday. It's kind of crazy. So this is going to go into like my number two. So just like remembering that as you get older and go on to these next life stages, like not everyone's going to come with you. Because leading up to my birthday, I was feeling a little bummed out, if I'm completely honest, because most of my friends live all around the country. And so it's not like I can just like send out an invite to all my friends and be like, hey, meet me at this restaurant. Like they're everywhere. So I was kind of bummed out about that. But, you know, Sam really helped remind me that like it's not about taking inventory on who is there in person, you know, like it's one day and that's not the same as just like what that person's friendship means to you throughout the lifetime. And so like if any of y'all, and I'm sure I'm not alone in that, like 
a lot of your best friends live in other cities. Like, have a night, even if it means a quiet night, that's enjoyable, that's doing something that you love, and know that, I don't know, like, not having 10 friends there with you, like, is not a reflection of who you are. So that's number two. So then the number three is having this aha moment where I just need to hire a new VA because I stopped working my with my VA a few, maybe like a year and a half ago back, just it wasn't a good fit and I've just been really putting it off. But then with the latest launch of IGL Success School, I was doing so much that wasn't necessarily like using my time the most wisely. So I'm finally ripping out the Band-Aid, getting the support, and I feel like the weight of the world is already being lifted off my shoulders having made that decision to get support. So if you're stressed out, if you're overwhelmed, take this as your sign that it's time to just rip off the Band-Aid and get that extra support. All right. Okay. Let's go ahead and dive into the interview with Jenna. All right, so we're here today with my friend Jenna Marillo of Jalen Designery. Hi, Jenna. Hi, thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yes, I'm so excited that you're here as well and to share all your little goodness about making your workspace beautiful. So Jenna is the founder of Jalen Designery. And if you're not familiar with Jalen Designery yet, you're about to get really familiar with it. But essentially, if you feel like your office space, your desk space, your workspace, whatever it is you want to call it, needs a little refresh, then this is your girl because she's all about making it super pretty and not just pretty, but functional because how many times have you bought something that's pretty for your workspace and then all it really does is take up space? So Jenna, (laughs) why don't you kind of tell us why creating a functional product was just as important to you as the design. All right. Well, thanks for the nice introduction. That was so wonderful. And I'm so excited to be here and chat all about all things products and workspace related. And so, yeah, like Monica mentioned, my products are really designed to come together where design meets beauty and function together in the same corner. And the reason for that is because like Monica said, something beautiful might you know, seem great at first, but if it's just taking up space, it's not really serving any kind of function for you. And it's not really worth the space that it's using and the purchase that you use to make it. So I design everything with both of those pieces in mind. And the idea behind that is to create something that's going to, you know, give you lasting function in your workspace and also, you know, create something beautiful that's going to make you happy every time you use it. So I just really think when those two things come together, a perfect product is born for your workspace because there's so much, you know, we spend so much time in our workspaces and I just find so much importance in creating a space that energizes you and encourages productivity and inspiration. And so when I'm able to create products that both Um, provide function and beauty, it's hopefully putting you on the track to create an inspirational workspace. Totally. Did you know that you always wanted to create like office space work products? You know, sort of. (laughs) That's kind of a loaded question, actually, because what I always knew is that I wanted to work with my hands. I wanted to make products. Mm -hmm. Even when I was little, my favorite thing in the world was starting with a blank piece of paper Mm -hmm. and making something out of it. Whether that was a book, I remember I made a dollhouse for a paper clip once, which sounds totally ridiculous. But as a kid, I found so much wonder and fascination in the idea of making something from nothing. Yeah. And so that really became what fueled my whole journey into the product world and why I loved it so much was creating something out of nothing. And so, you know, the workspace piece of it really kind of came into play after I got started. I think I, I always knew I wanted to be in the product space. So I started with planners and there's a whole story behind how that came about too. But when I kind of backed out and got a bigger picture of what I was doing, I recognized that the workspace is what I was passionate about. The overall office and working environment is where I wanted to come in and help people just create a beautiful, inspiring space. And so while the planner is sort of the cornerstone of all of that, 
the workspace is where my passion really lies. That's so cool. And I think it's so cool how you mentioned like it really stems back from your childhood because the last girl I interviewed, she actually was talking about, so I asked her like if what she did was something she always wanted to do. And she said, well, actually when I was little, all I wanted were like pretend cash registers and things like that. And it's almost like if like you're struggling to figure out like what were what direction you want to go in it's maybe like think about what you love to do as a kid and see like totally. how that can apply to the real world in a way totally do you yeah. often think about that or is that just kind of a memory that's in the past you know i think it's come up more as i'm going down my journey i'm finding a lot of parallels between what i'm doing now and the things i was drawn to as a child <laughs> yeah um i was also a big book nerd and i mean i would you know spend hours just making little books so it's kind of funny that i've now kind of created an entire business out of making paper products and planners yeah. and books and all kinds of things but yeah it is it is pretty interesting to look back and draw all the parallels between that Definitely. So when you say like your passion lies within this workspace and really creating that experience for people, did you ever think when you first started, okay, my passion does lie here, but can I really make this a reality? Like, should I go maybe a more logical route? And like your background, you worked at an agency and you do graphic design. So how did you kind of work that out in your head? Like, this is my passion. This is what I know I can be really good at. But is that the logical thing to do necessarily? Or was it the logical well, thing to do? <laughs> you know, most people actually told me it wasn't the logical thing to do <laughs> to leave my job and, you know, start something on my own when I didn't even really have a super clear picture. I think the one thing that I did have on my side is that I've always been a saver my entire life. And so I've always worked really hard and I've always saved um, the money and the things that I've, you know, built up. And so I think having had that my entire life, when the time came to leave the agency and start something on my own, there really was no big sign other than a gut reaction that this is what I needed to do. And I, and I wanted to be able to figure it out. And I knew that I wasn't going to have space to figure that out unless I left my job and fully went into the wilderness with nothing, you know, right. nothing ahead of me. And, and that's, I guess it's super scary looking back, but I'm kind of a person that trusts my gut and sometimes acts on things without a lot of logic and reason behind it. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> um, and it doesn't always pan out. Like there are definitely times I've jumped into things and it's, you know, things have failed or flopped or just not gone how I thought they they were going to go. Um, but then I course correction. And I also really believe that if you have a goal that you're after and you stay focused and you have a why or something driving that goal, you're going to figure it out. Yeah. Most things in this world are figure outable. That's my favorite <laughs> quote by Marie Forleo. Yes. I talk about it all the time. Everything is figure outable. And I love that because it just gives you permission to try. Like, right. I I think even though I had naysayers when I first started telling me like, oh, this is a little bit crazy. Like Mm -hmm. you've never run a business before. You don't have any kind of stable income. You know, I know it's a lot safer to kind of build up your side business before you leave Mm -hmm. and have some sort of stable income coming in before you make that leap. But I just kind of left and (laughs) and figured it out along the way. And I was really grateful to have very strong emotional support from my family and my husband. And to me at the time, that's all that mattered. Like to have that emotional support, people telling me I could do it in my head, that meant I was going to figure it out. And so I think I kind of went off on a tangent. But (laughs) But, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you go on this journey, you just take the leap. So then tell me about the first year in business and just, you know, figuring that out because with so, so many people, you know, in the digital space, you know, you launch a website, you have principles that people can download or you have a service, but you actually needed manufacturers. You needed quality product because of your high standard of what you wanted to put out there. So how, totally. <laughs> so is that where you just like had to wake up every morning saying, okay, everything is figure outable, everything is figure outable. <laughs> or did you have like past knowledge of how to do this? 
So the, I will say the one thing I had on my side, other than the emotional support, which was huge for me at the time, I'm very much a person who responds to words of affirmation. So that was, that was huge for me. But also the one thing I had fueling everything is my knowledge in design. I, I took one course in college. I actually studied business and I think that business and those courses are what opened my eyes to the world of entrepreneurship. But I took one course in design my senior year, and it was obviously way too late to change courses your senior yeah. year and redirect everything. So instead of taking more classes, I decided to self-teach myself design um, and went down that road and then ended up landing at an agency here in Kansas City where um, I had a wonderful experience really learning the technical side of design. That's the training that I never had before. So that with my, you know, self-taught journey really created a pretty solid foundation for graphic design for myself. And what I learned from that is that I loved design. (laughs) I love graphic design, interior design. I loved, I'm a very visual person. I love pulling things together and creating something from nothing, like I said. So I I think design is the one thing I had to fall back on. And I knew that I could create something from that. I knew nothing else. Like, even though I take business courses in college, they don't, they don't really teach you how to create a business. No, not even close. Yeah, I I took an entrepreneurship (laughs) course and that was really, really great. But when it comes down to it, every business is so unique. There's not a structured plan. You can do the same thing a million different ways. So it really came down to a lot of just trying, like trial and error. And I think so much of what I've learned now is self-taught. And you asked about the first year of business. Mm -hmm. And I would say that was definitely the hardest Mm -hmm. and, and the most thrilling. I don't even really want to use the word exciting because it was kind of like a roller coaster. (laughs) (laughs) There were, you know, lots of ups and lots of downs. And I learned a lot about who I am as a person, as a business owner, what I actually enjoy doing. I think you don't really sometimes figure those things out until you make the space to figure those things out. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when I had a full-time job, I was so focused on the work that I was doing there that I never really made space to figure out what I really enjoyed doing. So that first year was really challenging. And even though that first year I did create my very first planner, that was more of a passion project at that time. Mm-hmm. It was something I was trying to figure out. Is this going to be feasible? Do I even like making products? You know, that was my very first product. Mm-hmm. So the bulk of my business that first year was design services, you know, web design, brand development. Those are things that I had a lot of focus on in that first year. And my bu- business has evolved so much since then. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting to look back. And even though that was only I guess two, two years, years ago. Yeah. yeah it's, it's crazy to think how much has changed. So yeah. yeah. So it's, it's definitely been a journey and my business looks nothing like what it did then, but, um, but I think I needed to go through that experience at the same time. Totally. Everything yeah. builds. It's, it's all foundation. It's all building blocks for the next thing. And it's even like, okay, what is this year going to mean in five years? You know, you yeah. don't know yet. Totally. So I think that's one of the most exciting things about the whole entrepreneurship journey. But you mentioned that your first year of the planner was kind of a passion project. So (laughs) one of the things that I talk to my clients a lot about is, you know, treating your business like a business and not a hobby. Mm -hmm. So when did you know you were ready to turn the planner into like a true business and not like your like a passion project? So year two, (laughs) I think I figured this out. Here's the thing. When I did that run of planners the first year, I did a pretty short run. I had everything printed locally. I bought a binding machine. I punched and bound everything by hand. It was quite a learning experience. (laughs) And I'm surprised I don't have like carpal tunnel forever from that experience (laughs) because of all the punching and binding I did. But I think, you know, that was a really great experience because even though it was a short run, I sold out by like Thanksgiving, I think it was. And that made me, that gave me a glimmer of hope. Like, okay, this is pretty cool. People are responding well to it. I know it was a short run, but there's plenty of room for growth. And I think I can make this even better next year. However, I came up to a quick roadblock right after that season because I realized like 
when it came down to the profit margin, it just wasn't going to be feasible long term with my current plan of action. So I was a little discouraged going into year two because I knew I needed to shift course or shift direction. Um, but I didn't know how to make that happen. I've, I, I, like you said, I've never worked with manufacturers before. Right. So everything was just so brand new. I had a million questions and, and that was a little bit scary. Mm-hmm. And so year two, it was kind of by, I don't know, um, a little bit of fate. I think that a manufacturer approached me saying, mm-hmm. Hey, I see you're making planners. We actually do that um, at our company and we'd love to help you out, quote you on some projects, whatever. And thank goodness that happened because I wouldn't have known how to make that first outreach. And they came in at just the right time when I was starting to plan for the next year. And I ended up working with them now for the last two years. They've done, you know, the refresh weekly planners for me. And that's been wonderful and quite a learning experience too, because they're international. And that was that was new and super scary. And so I learned a lot in that process too. But but yeah, I think I, I kind of lost the original question that you had. <laughs> but I think just when I when I knew that it was going to be a real thing, yeah. right? I think it's when I started putting the pieces together, yeah. and things started rolling. And then I think when things start rolling, it's hard to slow down that momentum. Mm-hmm. Like you just want to keep on with it, and so that's what I did. And before I knew it, I was through another season that had gone like pretty well, you know, yeah. it was better than the season before I knew I was onto something bigger. And so year three of planners, I ramped it up even more. And so now I'm actually in the planning stages for 2019. And it's just, it's just keeps growing incrementally. Mm-hmm. And I think slow, but sure progress has been really on my side. Mm-hmm. It hasn't been like explosive growth, which is kind of nice in a way. Like you can, you can kind of I think up until now, I've been shifting direction here and there along the Mm -hmm. way, trying to figure out what works best. So I'm kind of grateful for the slow growth that's been happening. Yeah. So you said the planners are really picking up. So as when you saw that there was so much legitimacy to these planners and that there was growth here, to you, what is it that made those planners, the Refresh Weekly Planners, stand out amongst all the other planners that are out there right now? So for me in the beginning, one of the very first things I did was put out a survey <laughs> to figure out where where the pain points were um, and what people loved about people who currently use planners mm-hmm. and um, the types of planners that they use. And and it was act it was hard really because I I knew I always wanted to create a planner and I wanted to create something that was all encompassing that was this, you know, the perfect size and the perfect tool to capture, you know, goal planning and tracking and note taking and, and obviously your agenda and appointments and to do's. And I wanted a tool that was as small as possible that could Mm -hmm. capture all of that in a physical, tangible form. And so I was having a hard time finding something out there that I truly loved. Mm -hmm. And that was a quality that I really, really loved. You know, it's like you find something beautiful, but it's not super functional, or you find something that looks pretty cute, but the paper's really thin. You know, it's, it's hard to find that perfect mesh of what you're looking for. And being in the planner world now, I have a lot of people who come up to me and they're like, okay, but I want this kind of layout or this kind of cover, this kind of binding. And, and it's really interesting to see how specific people are about their desires when it comes to planners. But yeah, so as far as standing out, I, I put out that survey. I tried to figure out where the pain points were. And then I incorporated a lot of my own desires and wants in a planner um, into that first version. And that first year, I remember I created a layout after doing the surveys, after like d- doing this, you know, research, I decided, okay, I think I just have to create a layout and try it out. And so I did that. And I bought a notebook at Target that was about the size that I wanted to make my planner. Mm-hmm. Um, and I printed the layout and I like cut it out and pasted it in the notebook and I carried it around for a week and I tried it. And then I tweak the layout in my, on my computer and printed out the new one. And I did that for like, probably like five weeks. And I kept like tweaking the layout until I finally felt good about what it looked like. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it looked completely different when I started. And I held on to that notebook just because I think it's interesting I think that's to go so back. Cool. And, yeah. Yeah. And look at the progress and how it's evolved. Um, so I did that 
to really test the lay. I was really a focus group of one, you know, ideally yeah. <laughs> you have a lot more people on your team trying out your product. And, um, but in that first year I was on a pretty short timeline as it was, but anyway. Um, so yeah, I think it was just a mesh of figuring out where pain points already existed, figuring out what I desired in a planner. And then my focus has been on making progress over perfection on your goals. And I'm, I'm a huge advocate of people following through on the things they desire and want to move forward on in their lives. Yeah. And, you know, I think there's some kind of saying that's like, it's, 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 it's simple to make progress in your goals, but it's not easy. Mm. Like the, the right. theory of how to do it is simple, but it's not easy. So I wanted to create a tool that was going to help people, you know, bridge what they knew they needed to do and what they yeah. actually do so that, you know, they're actually making progress. So right, I think, yeah. Well, I think there's so many planning tools out there right now that are more of a distraction than like actually helping you implement what to do. So to keep it super focused so that yeah. you implement rather than like spend three hours like writing this here, writing this here, and then this here, and you haven't done anything to check something off your list. I think that's super valuable because I, so one of the Facebook groups I'm in, there was this thread uh, for people to like plan out their schedule and just what they were doing, like the intricity of it. That's a hard (laughs) word for me, y'all. Like it was just like so time consuming not to get, not just to get like that set up because they were using a paper planner. They were using like Asana and Trello and then they were using all these other things. Like they were using their Google calendar and all this Mm -hmm. and someone posted a video and the video was 45 minutes long. And I was just like, in 45 minutes, you could have checked something off your list. Totally. (laughs) I was mind blown. That's so funny. But people get, it's almost like a crutch. Like if Mm -hmm. you're scared to take that next step. It's a procrastination. Yeah. I think people use planning as a form of procrastination and it's, it's tricky because it feels like you're making progress, but you're not, you're not making progress until you're actually checking things off your list. And the whole idea with my planner, um, or what I, you know, constantly trying to achieve with it every year and make it a little bit better every year is to create a space for you to actually make the progress by encouraging you to break it down into action steps, mm-hmm. check them off, check in with you every quarter. And new in the 2018 version, there's a section um, at the top of the weekly layout that says this week I'm focusing on. And it gives you space to identify what you're focusing on that week so that not only do you are you encouraged to write it down, but then it's there right in front of you all week long. Mm-hmm. So much of goal setting and achieving, um, in my opinion, is <laughs> just having it there in front of you and yeah. making it very visual and reminding yourself of what you're working toward because it's so easy, like you said, to get distracted and mm-hmm. to kind of push things to the side and other things are you know shiny and bright and exciting. But being able to focus and hone in on your one goal and see it through. That's one of the hardest things in the world to do. But uh, my planners are really, you know, designed to help you try to see that through, Mm -hmm. to keep it very visual and to help you take it through the entire year. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, okay, let's talk about the paper haters out there because (laughs) I know there's so many people out there who are like, okay, it's 2017. Why are we doing anything on paper? I'm still like, I got to write things down in a notebook if I want it to resonate. For me, that's just how I learn. Yeah. Um, And so I think that carries over into uh, writing out goals and things like that. If I have a PDF in front of me on my computer, you know, like those PDF workbooks, I'll type it all out and I have no idea what I like. It just doesn't really sink in. There's something about taking notes on a computer or whatever it is, and it just doesn't sink in the same way. And so, again, so there's a lot of people out there in 2018, I guess I said 2017, they just think like you have to have everything on your computer, like your planner needs to be your computer. Like there's so many tools out there like Asana, Trello, even like your Google Calendar, like they just did an update and you can do so much more than you could before. Not that I understand how to use it. (laughs) Um, One of my clients, that's her specialty. So um, I need to just like sit in on her trainings. But like 
how do you respond to that? Because how do you tell them, no, there is still a place in the future for paper? Yeah, that's funny because when I first got into planners and I was telling, you know, people, I'm going to create like a physical planner and it's going to be awesome. Mm -hmm. And they're like, you know, I got one of two responses. It was either that's amazing. I can't wait to see it. This sounds so cool. Or people still use paper planners. Like (laughs) there's such, it's so funny because it seems like such a black and white, whatever. And there's the whole digital versus paper Mm -hmm. debate. My thought on that is that there are so many tools out there and that's really great because it's, it can be a little bit overwhelming, but it's great because you can find what works for you. Mm -hmm. And me personally, I'm obviously a paper user. I, I will say I was paper gone digital gone paper because I realized from me the mm-hmm. value of writing things down. I found that not only do I remember them better, but I I like to use my planner as a break from the screen. I yes. find that I, oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. I find that I spend so much time staring at my my laptop, my computer, my phone, like all the devices all the time that it's kind of a little bit of an escape to sit down mm-hmm. like away from my desk with my planner and go over my week and go over, you know, any goals I have going, appointments, meetings, take notes. Sometimes I just like to sit down and read books and take notes in my planner on the things that I'm reading. I'm yeah. also a physical book person. I will Same. never I will keep Barnes and Noble alive <laughs> myself if I have to. I will I've tried to go the route of, you know, an e-reader. I've tried so hard and I just can't. I need the physical book in yeah. my hand. Um, and I'm also a person who's like taking notes in the back of the book and everything else. Mm-hmm. But I I think, you know, and it's kind of funny too, as our world becomes more and more digitized, mm-hmm. I think there are a lot of people who are craving the tangibility of paper. Yeah, I find that people, you know, come to buy my planners and they say things like, oh, like I was, I was all about, you know, Google Calendar or this or, you know, Asana or whatever the tools are, but I kind of miss like paper. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, yeah, I I totally get it. And I think people go in seasons too. So yeah, there's, there are a million ways to track your life and track your goals and, you know, stay on top of things. Um, It's just finding what works for you. Yeah. Yeah. What would you say to someone who's struggling to figure that out? Like what works for them? Like, let's say like they've been playing around with each and everything for like, two years now and they just can't seem to get a system in place. Like what advice do you have? Is it, uh, you know, choose one that you gravitate towards and just stick with it for six months this time? Or how would you, you know, I think, well, first of all, if you have a lot going on in your life, the first thing I always suggest are two things, actually a clear your desk, like (laughs) clear some blank space. You can actually think because it is really true what they say that clear desk equals a clear mind. And when you have, it's okay to have some organized clutter and a little bit of chaos in your space. I get that because you want things to be readily available. You don't want everything to be put away to where it's, it makes working inefficient. But it does, there is something to be said about having a clean space to sit down at. And then two, take a piece of paper and write down everything that you have going on right now. Mm-hmm. I think just looking at everything that's in your head that's, stressing you out and giving you anxiety and that's taking up brain space like everything everything from meetings and appointments you have to oh I need to finish that season of unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt or whatever (laughs) that was literally on my list this past weekend because sometimes it's just there's something to be said for finishing something I don't know agree but (laughs) but I think just getting it all out on paper is a really, really great first step because then you can physically look at everything and and don't even I I even caution against like typing it out on your Mm -hmm. computer because there's something to be said about being able to write it all out, you know, start highlighting, color coordinating and categorizing the things that are on that list and figure out where your, I guess, um, where your priorities are and where your needs are. Start to eliminate things that really aren't a priority. Ask yourself, like, if this isn't done this week, is the world going to end? You right. know, yeah. I think we tend to prioritize everything on the same level when in reality, it's probably only two, three or four things on your list that need to have your focus right now. Absolutely. Um, even better one. Yeah. <laughs> if you can knock it down to one thing for you to focus on today, that is so much better than approaching a list of 37 items with the same amount of, you know, prioritization. So 
I think just starting there, like doing a brain dump, getting it all out on paper, identifying the priorities. And then, you know, even if your system for a while, while you're figuring it out, even if your system is post-it notes on your computer Mm -hmm. screen so that you can identify your priorities and take it a day at a time, like Mm -hmm. that's okay. Um, I think we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to have the perfect system to figure things out. But at the end of the day, you know, the only thing that really matters is, are you making progress on the right things where it matters? You know? So I think taking the pressure off yourself to figure out your system and just starting to make progress. And I think you'll naturally find that, okay, I enjoy taking notes on the computer. So maybe you are more of a digital person and that's great. Or if you find yourself constantly reaching for post-its and notebooks, Mm -hmm. like maybe you should, you know, spend more time in a planner or some kind of notebook system or bullet journaling or, you know, something more tangible. So I love that. I love how when things are most chaotic, you just take it to this, the simplest point because then you can really have that fresh start because one of the reasons why people might be getting overwhelmed is because like you said, they feel this pressure to have the perfect system. And a lot of times people assume system like that means complicated. So there needs to be like this whole thing like Chrome extensions and all this stuff that's just going to make things more overwhelming and not have the time to actually learn how to use it properly. I know I'm guilty of that, like downloading some extension but like not giving myself five minutes to learn how to use it and so then it's just not an efficient thing in my life so I love just bringing back to the most simplest list and allowing yourself to like really understand what you need in your life right now instead of being like I need the fanciest scheduling system out there right right and I mean your system might be grabbing a post-it note every evening and writing down three priorities for the next day. That's it. Like it might not, it might not be anything fancy at all. It might be like you said, the simplest solution ever. And then I think once you start to, you know, see what you're naturally drawn to and where you're reaching for as you're working through your day-to-day work, then you'll get a better handle on what kind of system going Mm -hmm. forward is going to work best for you. Yeah. And I remember I kind of had to do like a, refresh, (laughs) so to speak, on how I was planning my day because so my planner, it like ran out because it was one of those that I think like ended in the summer or something like that, or the school year, school calendar one. And I didn't like what was out there. And so Jenna showed me her daily priorities pad, which just is literally like a little notepad that just breaks it out into three things that you need to focus on that day. I used that for like a year. I didn't even bother buying a planner because that is all I needed to make sure that I was being productive. And it was actually making me more productive because I was so much more focused. So I think that that's so cool because it's almost like you have that, I don't know if you want to call it entry level product, but you have that beginning product that lets people restart before they dive into like really creating that process for them. Was that your intention or is that just like an add on? Like, is that an accident? You know, am I the only person who sees it that way? (laughs) I'm glad you found so much use out of that pad because for me, that pad was a way of restarting after our wedding was over. Mm -hmm. You know, I went through a pretty hectic wedding planning experience. We were planning a wedding from like three states away. And so that was a little bit stressful and pretty overwhelming. And we had a really long engagement, a big wedding, you know, the whole Mm -hmm. thing. And it was wonderful, you know, from start to finish. But after everything was over, it was like I'd left another job. And so I needed something to motivate me. It was more a motivation tool for me, I Mm -hmm. think, something to motivate me to find my groove again. And at the time, you know, even my planner wasn't cutting it. And I think I think we have to give ourselves permission to know that our systems and how we approach goal tracking and scheduling and all of the things, it can evolve over time. As your life shifts and different priorities take place, like your system might change as well. So for me, what was working up until then all of a sudden didn't work anymore and I needed something. So I created that daily priority system. Um, At the time, it was just something I wrote down in my planner 
every single day. And then it eventually became its own notepad because I just saw it as something so valuable and useful. And then started selling it in my shop because it it really became such a like simple motivational tool, like you said, Mm -hmm. to restart. When you don't know where to start, it's a very simple solution to start from square one. Yeah, I'm so obsessed with it. And no, seriously, it really made a huge difference because first you just told me the concept of it. And so I was writing out myself and then I was just like, I'm just going to buy that pad. And I cannot tell you what a difference it made in my productivity and especially for my business because it allowed me to be focused and, you know, being more on the creative spectrum of the whole business thing. Like, I, always have all these new ideas that I want to do and I get really excited about them. And then the truth is you'll execute it the best when you're focused. Mm -hmm. And that's something, it was a tool that allowed me to be focused and that's exactly what I needed. So I think that's so cool. And again, like it really did make an impact on how I run things on my end, but to kind of change gears ish. So (laughs) That's how you made an impact on my work life. But how would you say you're making an impact in the entrepreneurial and creative space right now? So my business, like I mentioned, Jalen Designery has evolved a lot from day one. <laughs> so much so that a little hint, things are going to be shifting quite a bit this spring as I unveil something big and new and exciting. But it's all kind of led up to this moment. And if you've been following along with me already, or if you haven't, um, I focus a lot on the workspace, like Monica mentioned. I, I talk a lot about creating an energizing and inspiring space because I believe when you are working in a space that inspires you and gives you energy in life, then you're going to be putting your best work out into the world because you're at your best self. Mm-hmm. And as much time as we spend in our workspace, it's just, you know, we spend so much time working, whether your space is a cubicle or a home office or a dining room table, it doesn't matter. The fact is we spend so much time working and connecting and creating and collaborating and putting ourselves out into the world. And so it was so vital to me to um, come in and help people create a space that uh, was going to help them be their best self and put out their best work into the world. And so I think more and more as my business continues to grow in that direction, that is the impact that I want to continue to make, especially for people who work remotely and who are trying to figure out how to create a workspace for themselves outside of a Mm -hmm. traditional office. And for people who are leaving their jobs to work for themselves, which is more and more common. Um, People who are freelancing and starting businesses, you know, when you start a job in an office, they give you a cubicle, you're all set up, everything's already in place. Um, But when you're kind of on your own, you're creating this from scratch. And so uh, I want to come in to help help you figure out what that space looks like and and make it the best it can possibly be for your situation. And even for those who do work in a traditional office in a cubicle, there are always ways to increase your productivity at work by bettering your space, whether that's, I don't know, with bringing in certain colors or artwork or plants or, you know, repositioning things. So your, your computer is not facing the window a certain way when we, you know, something as simple as having the light come in from behind you and shine on your computer screen can strain your eyes. So instead have the window be at your side. So it's not directly, you know, in front of you or behind you because that creates more strain. So shift your whole workspace. 90 degrees and it'll create I have no idea yeah. about this I have <laughs> no idea my mind is blown but it makes so much sense <laughs> yeah it's just very simple things that I think we don't put enough and that don't even cost money it don't cost like money. I think it's a just, lot of times yeah it's easy to get caught up in like solutions cost money and like yeah there's so much that like again like it's tweaking something you already have. Exactly. Exactly. There are so many little things and I think it's really cool. Um, we're at a really cool time, like I said, when a lot of people are starting to work remotely and work for themselves and having to craft these workspaces from scratch. And there's there are a ton of co-working spaces popping up too, which I think is incredible yeah. because we need it. Yeah. And I just think it's a really awesome time and a really cool opportunity to come in and help people create that perfect space. Totally. I think that's so cool. So as we kind of wrap up here, 
what advice do you have for anyone out there who is secretly dying to create a physical product, whether it's like a clothing item or a book or just like a tray, like anything, like <laughs> furniture, like what do you, I guess furniture is not, I will always need furniture even in the digital <laughs> space, bad example. But like, what advice do you have to them who like, they're afraid to even like say that out loud because they think that everyone's going to be like, no, you should build an app instead. Well, A, do what you want. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big proponent of kind of going your own path. And if you really, really believe in something and you see a need for it and you think you have a good solution for it, like go after it. Really, every product every business for that matter is so different. And I always recommend just starting by asking questions where you know to start, even if where you know to start asking questions is Google. Yeah, like I'm serious. It's I, so true. Yeah. When I started, I got on Google and I started Googling how to bind a book. I literally had no <laughs> idea. Um, it's and- a surprisingly overlooked thing to do. <laughs> you have no idea how many times it's like, did you even Google it? Like truly people truly, don't do it. It's truly. So true. And, and that shows if you can take the initiative to Google something, I believe you can do it. Yeah. <laughs> Cause not everyone's going to do that. It's so true. And not only that, but I think we've lost the art of picking up the phone and asking questions. Mm-hmm. So when I started, yes, I Googled, but Googling immediately brought me to, for instance, a binding company in Kansas city. I remember that was one of the first companies I came across. And so I called them. I didn't like their website. Didn't have a lot of information because they don't typically cater to consumers. They cater to businesses. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I picked up the phone and I talked to a rep and I said, Hey, can I like come down and talk to you guys and see what your facility looks like and um, see what the process looks like. And she was open to that. And so I did. And, you know, we came to the conclusion with that particular situation that my quantities weren't going to be high enough, but it's okay because she was able to point me in the next right direction. Yeah. I think if someone isn't able to help you at the very least, they should, you know, they might be able to point you in the right, in the right direction. I'm not going to speak for everyone because I know sometimes people are a little bit closed off to giving information. And I, I wish that weren't the case because you know, it's, it's not, it's a mindset of scarcity to look at everyone as, as competition, I think, but but just keep asking, just keep knocking on doors. I have people reach out to me all the time asking, Hey, how do you get started? And I'm more than happy to send you some links of where I got started, put you in contact with someone who helped me when I was first starting out. I mean, like I mentioned earlier, my very first step was buying a binding machine and binding these by hand. And I had to watch videos on how to use the binding machine because it arrived and it's like an ugly beast and I didn't know how to use it. Um, so there was just a lot of self-teaching and it's, it's so funny because I, you know, when people ask like, how do you figure it out? It's, you know, you just kind of figure it out. I know that's not a great solid answer, but, but that's what it comes down to in its simplest form. Like, do you have the drive to figure it out? Because so like, let's say you're Googling it. And then you get to the step, like you mentioned, that you actually just need to get on the phone and call them. How badly do you want it? Do you want it badly enough that you're willing to get out of your comfort zone and make the silly phone call because, mm-hmm. like, we're millennials and we don't get on the phone? Or, like, that's a decision that you make for yourself right then and there that sets the tone of where you're going to take it. Um, and if you're really on the fence right now, like, challenge yourself to today do one thing that's actually like an actionable actionable step that you've been putting off I think because if not not to be super harsh but (laughs) if you can't get on the phone to ask a question like I don't know how much further you can get truly and you know I want to recommend a book too for anyone who's kind of braving new territory Braving the Wilderness by Brene Brown. Oh, it, yeah. It just launched. Like, re- It's really, really new. I don't know exactly when it launched, but a friend gave it to me as a Christmas gift. And I like gobbled it up because it, her, her books are just so like, they're so easy to read and so jam packed with like so many golden nuggets and insights. And what I learned and what she talked about in that book is that the hardest path is going from what you already know to what you have 
no idea about the which she refers to a lot as the wilderness and the hardest steps are those steps between point a and point b but when you get to point b you realize that there are so many other people already out there in the wilderness taking these brave steps um, and finding the courage to move forward and take these action steps every single day it's just the getting there that's really really hard Mm -hmm. and not to say that once you get there everything is rainbows and sunshine because you're still gonna you know come across your share of you know hardships and lessons and it's that's all part of the journey and I think once you accept that and you take those first few steps and you you know just start building that momentum like Mm -hmm. you can get there it's the first steps are the hardest when you're starting anything new but totally you know products they're quite the wilderness (laughs) (laughs) Um, especially if you are like brand new to the world of products. So right. just, yeah, just start asking questions, start taking those steps and, and you'll get there. I love that. Yeah. It's so true. That's, I mean, I couldn't think of better advice. Um, so what's coming next on the Jalen designery journey? Yes. Well, I kind of hinted at yeah. something big coming <laughs> soon and I so wish I could tell you more. Um, you'll just have to come back on and announce I, it. Yes. Yes, I will. I'll have to do a, you know, a, a visit what, when they do like house centers and HGTV. And, oh, yeah, yeah. And then when they come they, back yes. to see like, where they are now. It'll have to be something like yeah. that. Um, but anyway, so yes, I have something really big unveiling likely in the first quarter. So coming very, very soon. And it's really a way for me to hone in on the direction of my business and where I'm going and unveiling some very, very exciting new things in the product space and beyond. Um, oh, beyond. Yes. Beyond, y'all. Yes. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> I know. I know. It sounds so big, but basically <laughs> stay tuned because 2018 is going to be a really big, exciting year. Um, and I can't wait to share more. Yay. Amazing. We're so excited. Okay. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. Really appreciate it so much. I think it's so important to really share how every person in this world right now is making an impact and making an impact in different ways. And that's really where this whole influencer girl lifestyle comes from is that, you know, even on those days where we feel like we're not totally making it like you're still influencing someone someone's still opening your planner and thinking wow that's so cool that this girl in her 20s did this on her own so i think that's awesome so thank you so much thank you so much for having me this was so much fun of course all right let's talk soon okay bye thanks for listening to the influencer girl lifestyle podcast loved this episode head over to itunes to subscribe rate and review for show notes and free tips and trainings head over to monicawoodhams.com slash podcast. You'll be able to learn more about this week's guest and how to connect with her as well. Talk soon, y'all.